0: Bible. Not about the Bible, but teaching you the Bible. The Bible tells us everything we need to know. All right, so we're going to get right into God's Word in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter number 2. That chapter I'm reading because that chapter teaches us the revealed Word, the revealed Word of God. Okay, remember there is the manifested word of God. You see, there's the manifested word of God. And so if you look at the difference in the word, John taught the word, but he taught the manifested word of God. The word was manifested in the flesh. See, and so that was the word of God. Now I'm teaching you the word of God revealed, which is your salvation. So if you're waiting on Christ to return is our message this morning, then you're, you're waiting for the manifested word. You're waiting for Christ to return. You, your salvation is going to be in the person of Jesus Christ. No, your salvation is in the word. See? So you have to understand, what are you believing? What are you being taught? I'm showing you that this gospel, the gospel of Christ, is your salvation. So we're going to get into that after a while. We're going to go to First Corinthians chapter number uh, two, and we're going to read to you verse number one. And I, brothers, when I came to you, I came not with ecstasy of speech or of wisdom, declared unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness. I was with you in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the prince of this world that come to naught, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, eye has not seen nor ear heard. Neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. We're going to pray. Heavenly Father, now we thank you for the things that are freely given to us of God, which is your new covenant. We thank you for that. Now we bless you, we praise you, we appreciate you. Thank you for giving us eternal life, and this life is in your Son. He that hath a Son has life. We give you all the praise and all the glory. Thank you for giving us the Spirit of Christ Jesus our Lord. Now we bless you, we praise you, we appreciate you, Father. Teach us, instruct us. Thank you for anointing us. Thank you for using us for your glory. Thank you for delivering us. Thank you for your great salvation. In the precious blood of our Lord Jesus, we give you praise. All that grieve their prayers today, amen. All right, we'll get right into God's word. Uh, This morning, we left off in the book of Hebrews because we were showing you the difference in salvation. I'm not going to go back over all the things I taught this morning. Uh, You can get that on our future podcast that's coming up uh, I will be mentioning some things, but my whole purpose is to make sure that you are listening to the right message so you can be re- receive your salvation. Uh, this series on the Word of God Revealed, we've already taught six tapes per series, and we also showed you we had volume one, volume two, which is both 6 tape series, and then now we're on volume number three, part six, so we're now finishing v- volume three this morning. At uh, the nine o'clock service, we did volume number five, and we call the name of that teaching, Jesus Christ is the vision. Now, the reason why we call that message, Jesus Christ is the vision, because we have been teaching you about the vision uh, for, for, for some time. Uh, we showed you the week before uh, that the vision has been accomplished now. And then the week before that, we taught you the vision has been fulfilled. Well, that word uh, fulfilled means accomplished, or it's finished. It's finished. It means to perform what has been foretold or promised. That word fulfilled means to accomplish, to finish, uh, to complete, put an end to. To perform what has been foretold. promise. So you have to understand, when Jesus Christ came, Jesus Christ came to confirm the covenant that he had made with with the fathers. So let me show you that. It's Romans 15. In the book of Romans, chapter number 15, when Jesus Christ came, he came to confirm the covenant that was already been given uh, to the Jewish believer. But I'm going to show you that they rejected the New Testament covenant. Romans chapter 15 and verse 8 said, Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision, the Jewish believer. That's Galatians chapter number uh, 1 and verse number 7, Galatians 2 and 7. So you will see that the the circumcision were Jewish believers. Uh, That means circumcision means you had a covenant with God. Uncircumcision means you did not have a covenant with God. Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision, the Jewish believer, for the truth of God to confirm the covenant, to confirm the promises made to the Father. All right, to confirm the promises made to the Father. Well, that's why 2 Corinthians chapter one and verse number twenty say, "All the promises in Christ are now yea." In Christ, Amen, to the glory of God the Father by us. So, all of God's promises has already been fulfilled. All right. So, when you look at God's words, you have to understand that Jesus came. And fulfilled. I'm going to show you that in the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter number 24, and verse number 44. Uh, I'm going to wait for you to get there. Luke 24, 44. And Jesus says, as he's walking these men home, on Emmaus Road, he said to them, These are the words which I spake to you, while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled. Which were written, number one, in the law of Moses... Number two, in the prophets. And number three, in the Psalms concerning me. So all things had to be fulfilled in the law of Moses, in the prophets, and in the Psalms. Well, that's the entire Old Testament Bible. See, Jesus fulfilled every jot and every tittle of God's law. He he fulfilled the whole Old Testament. So that's why when you see things like John chapter 5. Let me show you something in John chapter 5. So you can see the four witnesses in the gospel of John, and the scriptures are one of those witnesses. So in John chapter number five, he gave us these four witnesses in John 5 and verse 32. It says, You sent unto John, and John bear witness unto the truth. Remember, John bear witness unto the truth. Alright? Now that's who Christ is. He is the way, he is the truth, he's the life. So John bear witness unto the truth. That's the number one witness. But, but, but I received not testimony from man. But these things I say that you might be saved. He was a burning and a shining light. And you was willing to, for a season to rejoice in his life. But I have a greater witness than that of John. For the works which the Father has given me to finish. The works which the Father has given me to finish. Bear witness of me. The same works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. So all of the thing that happened in Jesus' ministry was so that, that people would believe that God sent him and that he was actually the Christ, the Son of the living God. In verse 37, the Father also himself, here's the third witness. Remember the first witness is John the Baptist. The second witness is the works that he did. Number three, Verse 37, the Father himself which has sent me has borne witness of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his shape. And then verse number 38 says, you, you yet and you have not known his word, you have not his word abiding in you. For whom he has sent, you believe not. So the whole thing, if he was saying to them, you don't believe who I am. And verse number four, 39 will be the fourth witness. Search the Scripture. For in them you think you have eternal life, but the scriptures are they which testify of me. So when you look in the Old Testament and you see the word vision, vision only testifies of Christ. So when you see Jonah, he testifies of Christ. When you see the Old Testament prophets, when you see Adam, Moses, Enoch, all the way down the line, these people just testifying of Christ. God is using those names to show you things that Christ did, okay? But the revelation will come in the new covenant. Israel had a leader. His name was Moses. He's a type of Christ. So everything that you're seeing is a type of Christ, okay? The scriptures themselves is a witness about Christ. So this morning, we were showing you something, and I'm going to get back into that at the time. Uh, Let's go back to Hebrews. I was showing you something in Hebrews chapter number 2. But the key was, when they was headed uh, to the promised land, you got to understand, they was going to God's rest. It was like when Paul, and I'm going to show you Acts chapter 13, when I get to that in just a moment, and I'm going to show you how it's going to relate to Hebrew chapter number 2. Because when God's children was headed to the promised land, it was like they were going in the New Testament to the grace of God. Okay, remember when Christ will come, return for them, is when they would experience uh, the grace of God. But you receive the grace of God before because you receive the word, the gospel of grace. See, but they're gonna re- they receive Christ when He returned. All right, now in Hebrews chapter number three, uh, you will see this happening in Hebrews chapter three. He says in verse one, Wherefore, holy brethren, partake of the heavenly calling. Consider the apostle and high priest of our profession. That word profession means confession. And then he's going to go down in verse number 6. It said, but Christ as a son of his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence, that word confidence is faith, if we hold fast the faith and the rejoicing of hope firm unto the end. So they had to hold on to their confession of faith until Jesus returned. You can follow this pattern all the way through the book of Revelation. In the, thir- in the seven churches, you'll hear Jesus say, Hold fast that thou have, that no man take your crown. So, so they had to hold on, and they will be crowned it. Their crown will be salvation, their crown will be eternal life, is when the Lord returned to them past him. That's not your salvation. All right, you receive everything in Christ. All right, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 14. For we are made partakers of Christ if... See, they couldn't get to be a part of Christ unless they had to hold on to their faith. So they were given faith, but people are preaching faith today as how we going to get our salvation. No, you already have your salvation in Christ. If you have Christ, Christ is your salvation but you got your salvation through the word. We're going to show you that in a moment. For we are made partakers of Christ, talking about the Jewish believer. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end, they had to hold on to their confidence to the end. To the end of what? The end of the age. See, in the days of the apostle Paul, they were before the end. So they were waiting for the end. Christ will come at the end of the age of the end of the world. Okay, you have to be able to compare uh, the book of Genesis when God called Noah. Let me show you something that you might might have missed. If I go back to Genesis, if I go back to the 12th chapter of Genesis, let's see what God was ending. In Genesis chapter number 6, now God is going to see the wickedness of man. The every imagination of his heart is evil continued, Genesis 6 and 5. And it's going to grieve God's heart. But we're going to see in verse 8, Genesis 6 and 8, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now remember, this is before the end of the world. Noah's going to find grace in the eyes of the Lord. And then you're also going to see God say in Genesis chapter 6, verse 9, these are the generation of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation, and Noah walked with God. Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt. Remember, the earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. Now, when God said the earth, he's not talking about the planet. God talking about the promised land. He's talking about everything, always Israel and the promised land and Jerusalem and the temple. That's the things that God talks about. The earth also was corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence and God looked upon the earth, the promised land, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh has corrupted his way upon the earth. Why did God put the people out of the land of Canaan and put Israel in? Why? Because they were worshiping idols and images in the promised land and God put them out and put Israel in the land and why did God put them out and took them to Babylon? Because they began to do the same thing that the heathen did and that is worship images and idols and live a rebellious life in the promised land. So to put them in Egypt for 70 years so the land would have rest and after 70 years he brought them back. So you have to understand when the Bible uses the word term earth, he's talking about the promised land. So in Genesis chapter number 6, verse 12 said, God looked upon the earth, see? And behold, it was corrupt. All the flesh has corrupted his way up on the earth. And God said to Noah, the end, here's the verse, of all flesh. What happened at the end of the old age of the age that Paul lived in? What happened when grace came? It was the end Of all flesh. That's why Paul said no flesh can glory in his presence. See, what happened is the natural things, the natural things ended. At the end of the old age, the natural things ended. Seven feast days. The way that they sacrificed bullocks and lambs and goats and turtles and pigeons all ended. All the natural things, feast days, they all ended. So all of the things, water baptism, they all ended. See, what people want to do now is go back and get all those things. No, they all ended. You're in grace now. Grace is the spirit. Grace is not natural. Grace is the spirit. It's the spirit of grace. You are in the dispensation of grace. You are not under the Old Testament where you have natural things. See, in the Old Testament, resurrection was natural. New Testament, resurrection is spiritual. Old Testament, baptism was natural. New Testament, baptism is spiritual. Everything has changed. That's why when Jesus sent John the Baptist, the first thing he said, repent. Change the way you think. The kingdom of God has come unto you. You can't go by the natural things anymore. You're going to need the Holy Spirit. You're going to need faith. You're going to need God's grace now. People don't want that. They want natural things. So when you read Paul writing, that's what Paul will remind you of. Okay, all flesh—the end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence before them because of them. And be, behold, I will destroy them with earth. So what did God destroy? He destroyed all flesh. Now, how did Noah get saved? Noah had to get in the ark. What was the ark? Type of Christ. So if Noah got in the ark, his three sons and three wives and and his wife, they all got in the ark and it was saved. So when Christ came, Christ came so man could be saved. You don't have an ark to get in, so you get in Christ. Well, Romans chapter 8 told you, if any man be in Christ, you're not in the flesh anymore. Let's show you that again. That's Romans chapter 8. See, once you get in Christ, you left the flesh. That's why you need to re- read Romans, Romans, see Romans chapter 6 is our doctrine for salvation. So when you read Romans chapter number 8, that's what you've done. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 said, There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Wait a minute, you're in Christ, yeah, and you walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. See, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law Of sin and death. Well, where is that law of sin and death located? In the flesh. For what the law could not do in that it was weak, watch this, through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sin for men, or sin for flesh, sin for nature, for sin he condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh, that's all you're hearing. See, you've you got to understand, either you're in the spirit or you're in the flesh. When you're saved, he saved you from flesh. Flesh. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. They after the spirit, read my, uh, For they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnal to mind is death. But to be spiritual mind is life and peace. Because the corner of mind is enmity against God. Is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are after the flesh cannot please God. So then, they that are not after the flesh cannot please God. So if you're still in the flesh, you cannot please God. All right? Now watch what he says. But you are not in the flesh. See, once you get born again, you're born into the spirit realm out of the flesh. You cannot operate in the dispensation of grace until you leave flesh. Watch this next verse. Verse number 9, Romans 8 and 9. But you are not in the flesh, but you are in the spirit. If so, be that the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Watch verse 10. If Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But now the spirit is your life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead lives in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken, make alive your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwelleth in you. So the spirit come inside you and save your soul. That's what happened. The spirit came inside of you and swallowed up your soul. You are swallowed up of life. Your soul lives in God's life now. So in verse number 14, I'm sorry, in verse number 14 it says, I'm sorry, verse number 13. For if we live out of flesh, you shall die. See, if you don't get in Christ, you're going to die. If God, look at you already, as dead. For we, if we live out of the flesh, we're going to die. But although we're in Christ, we cannot walk out the flesh. If we live out the flesh, we're going to die. But if you, through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. So you don't understand, this thing is real. Your body, your flesh still want you to go with it to the grave. So how am I going to do that? I got the Spirit of Christ in me. Yeah, but I can't go live and walk after the flesh anymore. I got to mortify the deeds of the body now. Watch what it says, mortify the deeds of the flesh. Modify the deeds of the flesh, of the body. If you do that, you'll live. The word modify mean to put to death. Now let's go look at Galatians 5.16. I got to put to death the things in the flesh. I can't let these things just go on in my life and say, well, I'm in Christ, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven so I can live any way I want to live. Wrong. Galatians 5.16 said, Therefore, this I say, walk in the Spirit, And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The only thing you can do is walk in the spirit. That means walk in love. Walk in the spirit. And you shall live. Because love is the fulfilling of the law. So if you walk in the spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit lusts against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another that you cannot... So the flesh works against your spirit so you cannot do the thing that you would. The thing that God wants you to do, it's going to be hard for you to do them if you don't learn how to walk in the spirit. So if you walk in the flesh, and if you don't modify the deeds of the body, then these things come to take you away from God. The deeds of the body, the works of the flesh. It says, but if you'll be led of the spirit, you are not on the law. So you're going to have to of the Spirit. Then he's going to give you the works of the flesh. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery. First thing people say, well, the Bible says that I don't sin anymore. No, it's your flesh. Your flesh. See, your soul is saved. Your soul is in Christ. But you've got to modify the deeds of the body. You've got to modify it. Put them things to death. See, Verse 19 said, now nah the works of the flesh of thee. Remember it said works of the flesh? There's no work work of the spirit. See, there's work of the flesh. It said, now nah the works of the flesh of thee are manifest, which of these? Adultery, fornication, uh, let me say it this way. There's no work of fruit. See, if you get fruit, you, you don't work get fruit. You can't hurry that fruit on that tree. You can't do nothing to help it. Amen. It has to be submissive uh, to the earth that is in. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, edish, seditions, and heresies, envy, murder, jun- all that stuff of the flesh. So, that's the stuff you got to modify the deeds of the flesh. See, so that's your new, new mission once you got saved. So let me show you another way it says, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. See, a lot of people looks at there, I got to go out and fight. I got to do that. Yeah, well, what are you supposed to be fighting? Because the battle already been won. You already got the victory in Christ. But there are some things in your flesh you could be fighting right now. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3 says, Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war for the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not cornered, but they are mighty through God. Watch this. Putting down strongholds. Strongholds are those things I just named in your life. If you still have fornication, that's a stronghold in your life. You got to pull that down. You got to call that not to operate in your life. That's why God empowered you with the Holy Spirit and His Word. So if you're really empowered with the Holy Spirit and His Word, then you got to pull these things down. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you cannot pull them down. Only Christ had power over the devil, and if that Christ is in you, now you got power over the devil. Over the devil, over hell, over the grave, and everything else, principalities and power. If you got Christ in you, you got the victory in Christ Jesus. All right? So he says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the putting down of strongholds. And you listen to me right now, you got to understand that if you got some areas of your life that you still got born of the Spirit, you still have a problem in that area, that's a stronghold. You got to pull that thing down. That thing might have operated in your mother and also your father or it could have been your grandmother, your grandfather. Somebody got to stop this generation power right now. You got to stop this thing. Maybe alcohol, maybe drugs. Man, you got to stop that thing. I, I, I never forget, my dad had passed when, I was 40, when he was 46 years old and uh, I had an ailment in my body as I was growing up and that's the first thing the enemy reminded me of that he was going to take me out like he did my daddy. But I thought about my daddy, and I'm going like, no, the devil is a lie. That's not going to happen to me. But I'm just saying that's the first thing he does. He, he, he tried to, to take you out. But he, he only can do it if you would allow these things to be in your, in your physical life and don't do anything with them. Cast them things down. And verse number uh, 5 said that casting down imagination. You have to start off with that word imagination because that's how they're there, things you're imagining. That's why I'm going to do a series maybe next or the next after that is going to be dealing with uh, the renewing of the mind. Because you've got to cast them imaginations down. Every high thing, watch this, that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. The very word of God you're getting is what the enemy is exalting itself against. So what happens if you're not getting the word? So this enemy, you got to cast down these imaginations, thoughts in the high mind, that exalt itself against the knowledge of the God, and you got to bring into captivity every thought and bring it into the obedience of Christ. And that's, that is what God wants you to do. War, good, warfare. But he's talking about with the word. You got to have the knowledge of God. Now, let's go to Acts uh, Acts chapter 13 so we can start today's message. I hope you like that introduction. Uh, Acts chapter 13. We're going to go to verse number 20 because we're going to show you the salvation that was offered. First of all, was offered uh, to the Jewish believer, but they rejected it. Now, that's how the Gentiles uh, got the gospel of Christ or the gospel of grace is because the Jews rejected it. So in verse number 20, Acts chapter 13, verse 20. And after he gave them, we'll read now to King James, Acts chapter 13, verse 20. And after that, he gave unto them judges about the space of 450 years. Unto Samuel, the prophets. After after that, they desired a king, and God gave them Saul, son of Sis, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, by the space of 40 years. And when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and says, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. All right? And of this man's, of this man's seed, there's no S on seed, talking about Christ, of this man's seed, has God, according to his promise, Raised unto Israel a Savior, Jesus. So God raised from the seed of David, he, or seed of Abraham, you can say that too. He raised unto Israel a Savior, Jesus. When John had first preached before, watch what John preached. When John had first preached before his coming, before Christ's first coming, he preached the baptism of repentance. To all the people of Israel. So what did John preach? He preached a baptism of repentance. Now why was that so important? Because, let's go back and look at it. Matthew chapter 3. He preached a baptism of repentance to all Israel. But people think we're supposed to preach the baptism of repentance to everybody. God didn't call you to preach the baptism of repentance. God called you to preach Christ if he called you to... He called you to preach Christ. Now, in Matthew chapter number 3, watch what it says. In Matthew 3 and verse 1, In those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Watch what John's going to say to Israel. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, why is he telling them to repent? Because they have been believing, let me show it to you, Luke 16, 16, because they, they, they mindset Well, they will only believe the prophets. They will only believe the prophets. But God is going to send John to them and tell them it's it's time to change your mind because I'm getting ready to do a new thing. It's time to change your mind. So Luke 16 and 16 says, The law and the prophets were unto John. So when John started preaching, they only believed the law and the prophets. Now here comes John saying, Repent, change your mind, God getting ready to do something different. The time, uh, the law and the prophets, I'm reading Luke 16, saying the law and the prophets went to John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached. All right, now let's go back to Matthew chapter three. Now the kingdom of God is preached. So God went from the law and the prophets unto John. When John came, he says, repent, Matthew three and two, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Kingdom of heaven, they never heard of a kingdom of heaven. But he was talking about Christ. He was talking about Christ. Christ getting ready to start his ministry. So I, oh, I know you only received prophets, you only received the law, but now the son has come. The son himself has come. So let's look at that in Hebrew chapter 1. Let's go to Hebrew chapter 1. Just one verse, the first two verses, Hebrew chapter 1. Let me show you what God was doing. Hebrew chapter one, give you a chance to find it. Hebrew chapter one and verse one said, "God, who has sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past to the fathers by the prophets." So God had done all His time spoken to them by the prophet. But here come the Son. Verse two, half past ten, half in the last days. Now you know last day can't be now. He just told you two thousand years ago when Jesus came, it was the last days. First. Uh, uh, hath in these last days spoken to us by a son. Well, God not speaking to you now by his son, God speaking to you now by the Holy Spirit. But two thousand years ago, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, God spake to them by his son. Hath in these last days, two thousand years ago, spoken to us, Paul says, by his son, whom he had appointed out of all things, by whom also he made the world. So let me give you another verse on that. First John chapter 2, verse 18. Let's go to 1 John. Let me show you one more. Since you, since you think the last days is in your future. 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 18. When you get there, say amen. 1 John two eighteen said, Little children, it is the last time. Hey, little children, 2,000 years ago is the last time and you've heard that antichrist should come even now are there many antichrists whereby we know it is the last time two time in one verse so if you are thinking that you in the last day you're not in the last day israel's in the last days that's why jesus christ came to them and their salvation was the second coming of jesus christ your salvation is the word of god i'm gonna show you that just a moment but here he told them to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. All right? But if you look down there at verse number, uh, I'm just going to keep reading. Verse 3. We're in Matthew 3 and 3. For this is he which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, and make his path straight. And the same John has his raiment of camera, had his raiment of camel hair, A leather girdle about his loins, and his meat was locusts and wild honey. Then went out unto him, watch this, Jerusalem and all Judea. Then went out unto John, Jerusalem and all Judea, and all the regions round about Jordan, and were baptized in him, baptized of him in Jordan. Watch what they were doing, confessing their sins. Watch this now, it's very important, they were confessing their sins. Remember, Christ has not died. Why did Christ die? 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4 told us Christ died for our sins. Here, they had to confess their sins because that's what they had to do. They had to confess their sins. And then in verse number 7, John is going to say this. But when he saw men of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said to them, O generation of vipers, now, a viper is a snake. He was talking to the generation of Cain. Remember, Cain's father was the devil, and these are the children of Cain. So he called them generation of vipers. Who has warned you to flee, watch this, from the raptor come? Why did God destroy all flesh in the days of Noah? Because they were the children of Cain, so why was he destroying the children at the end of the law? Because it was the children of the devil, children of Cain. All right, it was the children of Cain that killed God's son in the beginning. If you go back to uh, Noah, you had Noah, you had Noah's sons, and then God. Enoch, uh, you had one of his sons was killed. Cain killed Abel. Well, why did he kill him? The Bible told us because his works were evil, and Esau's works were righteous. That's why he killed him. Well, why did they kill Jesus? Because Jesus' works were righteous, and theirs were evil. So that, that's what you got going on there. So he called them old generation of vipers. But he says something here. Who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth, therefore bring forth fruit. The word fruits with an S on it means works. Works meet for repentance. Well, what could they do to show that they repented from their sins? They were water baptized. So water baptism what's called the baptism of repentance. Alright, now let's go back to Acts chapter thirteen and let's continue. Now it was Acts thirteen twenty four, whom John had first preached before his coming, the baptism of repentance to all Israel. And as John fulfilled his course, he says, Whom say ye that I am? I'm am not he. But behold, there cometh one after me whose sure shoe I'm not shoes of my on his feet I'm not worthy to loose men and brethren children of the stock of Abraham and whosoever among you that fear of God watch this to you is the word of this salvation sent the word, the word of this salvation sent Paul is speaking to the Jews he said look to you is the word of this salvation sent now either your salvation is going to be the word or your salvation is going to be the person. Israel rejected the word, so they had to wait for the person to come, Jesus Christ. Now, are you going to make the same mistake? Because this is going to be your mistake. If you reject the word, when I read to you Hebrew, there's no more. See, that's what Paul is going to tell them. you rejecting the word, there's no more salvation for you. See, because that's what happened to Israel. They tried to on foot the Son of God. Now watch what he's going to tell them now. In verse 26, once again, under you the word of this salvation is sent. Well, what word? Romans 1, 16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believe in. That's the only way people are going to be saved today, Jew or Gentile, born or free. We all got to be saved the one way, and that's by the gospel of Christ. God does not have a favorite plan. That's over you got to be saved by grace now, and God has saved you by grace. That's why we have on our, our, our wall, for by grace are you saved. Not going to be saved, for by grace are you saved through faith. That's not in yourself, it's the gift of God. You are saved. It didn't tell you you're going to be saved. It said by grace you are saved. You are saved. Well, when were you saved? That's what the cross was for. When Jesus died on the cross, he died on the cross to save all mankind. See, God is not saving you today. Sounds good. When somebody can tell you, come over to my church today and get saved. No, no, no. My job is to tell you 2,000 years ago when Christ died on the cross, he died for you too, he died for your sins already. So what do I need to do, pastor? You need to come and receive Christ Jesus, your Lord. Come and receive his forgiveness. Come and receive his mercy and his love. Come and receive his Holy Spirit and all that God has for you. So now man shall come to God because God called them to salvation and they are to come and receive their salvation. God already saved you. If you die and go to hell, it's not God's fault. God already died for you, buried and raised again for you. And all you need to do is come and receive it. Let me show you a verse here in Acts. Look at the last chapter. uh, Not the last chapter, but Acts chapter 26. In Acts chapter number 26, this is one of the last messages that Paul preached uh, to the Jewish believer. So he told him in Acts chapter 26. What an awesome thing. In verse number 18, this is what God told Paul to do. Open the eyes. Turn them from darkness to light. Turn them from the power of Satan. See, he, Paul's ministry was to the Gentile, but his, 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 his gospel was so powerful that it had a mission. And his mission was to open their eyes. See, that's the first thing that happened that God gave you vision. Open their eyes. I was blind, but now I see. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was dead, but I'm alive forevermore. Open their eyes. Turn them from darkness to light. Turn them from the power of Satan to God that they may receive. didn't tell you to do anything, just receive. What are you going to receive? You're going to receive your forgiveness of sin. You're going to receive forgiveness of sin. God has already purchased your salvation. Why don't you receive it? Receive, your forgi- receive God's forgiveness of sin. And then you can get your inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith, which is the church of God that is in Christ. Now, you, Acts chapter 13. Let's go to work. In Acts chapter 13, and, and now you're going to see what it happened in verse number 27. So the word of their salvation, all right? Verse 27 says, they that dwell at Jerusalem and their rulers, because they knew him not, nor yet the voice of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath, they have fulfilled, Paul says, them in condemning him. And though they found no cause of death in Christ, yet they desired Pilate that he should be slain. And when they had fulfilled all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and they laid him in a sepulchre. But God, but God raised him from the dead. And he was seen many days, 40 days, which came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses unto the people. Oh yeah, they, they crucified him. Put him in a sepulchre, but he, God raised him from the dead, and then showed him alive for forty days, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Read Acts chapter one; you see that. So Paul said, "We declare to you, glad tidings, how that the promise which was made unto the fathers—watch this again—we declare to you, glad tidings, how that the promise which was made unto the fathers, God has fulfilled." The same unto us, their children, and that he has raised Jesus again from the dead. It is also written in the second Psalm, thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. And as concerning that he raised him up from the dead, now no more to return to corruption. No more. He said on this wise, I will give you the sure mercies of David. Now, now, what was the sure mercy of David? Let me show it to you. Isaiah chapter 55. What was the sure mercies of David? Now, if God has given you the sure mercy of David, seem like to me you ought to know what it is. The sure mercy of David. Oh, my God, this is so good. Isaiah 55 and 1. We're going to show what the sure mercy of David is. So if you got it, don't forget today you got it. If you got Christ in you, you have the sure mercies of David. Isaiah 55, 11. Hope, everyone that thirsteth, come to the waters. He that had no money, so he telling you you can't buy this stuff. This is God's grace, God's favor. Hallelujah. Everyone that thirsteth, come to the waters. He that had no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine, milk, without money now. Without price, your job is to come believe in God. Just receive it. Wherefore, do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfies not? Hearken diligent to me, God says, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Here it is. Incline your ear, come unto me. So that's what God is saying to you now. You sitting out there, you wondering, man, do God want me? Do God want to save me? Listen, God called you. That's why you watch this television broadcast. God called you. Incline your ear and come to me, he says. Hear and your soul shall live. Oh, I know they told you all this other stuff you had to do, but listen to what God says. God said he's going to give you the sure muster of David. Watch what he says. Incline your ear, come to me. And hear, and your soul shall live. I will make an everlasting covenant. Watch this. What is the sure mercy of David? An everlasting covenant. I know people told you, yeah, I know, grace gonna last a little while, and then God gonna go back and do it else. Listen, God's covenant with us is an everlasting covenant. Watch this. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. What are the sure mercies of David? It's an everlasting covenant that God had made with the body of Christ. Oh, my God, my God. In blessings, I bless you. Multiplying, I multiply you. Oh, this thing never changed. Just this, this keep on getting gooder. Somebody said hallelujah. All right, now, in verse 35, we back to Acts. So this is going to be our finishing point here. Acts 13 and verse 35. Wherefore, he says also in another psalm, thou shalt not suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Jesus could not see corruption. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of, his, of, of God, he fell asleep. And he was laid, laid up with his fathers, he saw corruption. But he whom God raised again, talking about Christ Jesus, he saw no corruption. Now he's going to tell the Jews what he want to tell them. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man, Oh, his name is Jesus. He's the Christ. God made that same Jesus whom you crucified, Acts 2.36. He's now both Lord and Christ. Watch this. Be it known. We're in verse 38, Acts 13.38. Be it known to you, therefore, men and brethren, that this man, through this man, is preached. he's preached. You preach this man Christ. He is preached unto you the forgiveness of sin. Well, I thought I had to go out and get water baptized to get my sin forgiven. No, 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 no. You got to preach Christ. When a man receives Christ, he receives forgiveness of sins. That's why I read you Acts 26, 18. If you receive Christ, you receive the forgiveness of sin. Christ died for your sins. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1 through 4. It says, Be it known to you, therefore, men and brethren, through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. And by him all that believe wait a minute i thought what i got I, don't I have to get don't don't I have to do something yeah believe all that believe are justified from all things wait a minute justified mean to declare righteous yeah you'll declare righteous from all things are you telling me god gonna make me innocent again yep are you telling me god's gonna wash away all my sins yep are you gonna forgive me everything i've done yep sure is if i just believe on his son and believe his died. he died for me he was buried and raised again from the dead watch what he says now being known to you therefore men and brethren that through this man is preaching you the forgiveness of sins and by him all that believe are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses well, let me show you something. Isaiah 53. let's go let's take let's we come right back Isaiah chapter 53 you don't understand when Jesus died on the cross He was not just a sacrifice. He was the high priest who offered up the sacrifice. Ooh, that's good to me. Jesus offered up the sacrifice. Isn't that something? Christ was a high priest. Jesus was the sacrifice. Christ offered up Jesus. The high priest offered up the sacrifice. That's why he was called Christ Jesus. He was both 100% God and 100% man. Isaiah chapter 53 Don't drop the cup. Verse 10 says Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him Isaiah 53 and 10 Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him He has made him He has put him to grief When thou shalt make his soul Watch this, his soul An offering for sin God made his son Jesus Soul An offering for sin So that's why he had to come as a man So he could have a soul Jesus is called son of man Son of Adam. Adam means soul. So that's why he had to die. So Christ offered up Jesus. Christ the son of God offered himself on the cross. Jesus. Because Christ couldn't die but Jesus could. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. Wait a minute. Christ's soul was made an offering for sin? Let me show you something. We're going to come right back to Isaiah, but you got people tell you, yeah, you got to be baptized in water in Jesus' name to get rid of your sin. Watch this verse. Watch this verse. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. Let me show you something. I hope this helped you out. It helped me out. Watch this. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I'm going to give you just two verses. In that verse 14 and 17. You got these mark in your Bible. How God got rid of your sin. Woo! That is preached by itself. How God got rid of your sins. 1 Corinthians 15. I know people told you that you get water baptized, you get rid of your sins. Watch this. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 14. If Christ be not risen, then I preach in vain and your faith also in vain. Verse 17 says, if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain and you are yet in your sins. Wait a minute. If Christ did not rise from the dead, I'm yet in my sins. Yeah. So are you telling me the water baptism didn't do it? No. When God raised Jesus from the dead, God now has forgiven you of all your sins. If Christ didn't rise from the dead, we would all be been most miserable. But he rose from the dead. He said if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, you are yet in your sins. Well, I'm not in my sins. Why? Because God raised Jesus from the dead. Why did he raise him from the dead? For my sins. He paid the penalty for my sins. He paid the penalty. Death. Remember Romans 6.23, the ways of sin is death. So Christ died for my sin. It was nowhere in the world my sin could be paid for if he didn't die. So it wasn't the water baptism of the type in the shadow. It was God's own Son who He put on the cross to die in your place. Yeah, He died for you, and he died ails you. So when God saw me on the cross, he saw me on the cross. When God saw Jesus on the cross, he saw me on the cross. He saw you on the cross. Because Jesus not only died for me, he died ails me. What an awesome thing to know that God's son died on the cross in my place. God Almighty, he died on the cross in my place. That's why we always say, oh, how we love Jesus. That's why we love him. Because he laid down his life for me. Now, he could take up his life again. I couldn't have. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What an awesome thing. It didn't just happen. It happened 2,000 years ago. But boy, what's good news to find out that here I am out here partying down, living all kind of life, and somebody tell me, God already died for your sins. Why don't you go and receive your salvation today? Acts chapter 13. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Acts chapter 13. This salvation was sent to them, but they rejected it. They rejected it. But in verse number 30, Acts 13, 30, but God raised him from the dead. He was seen of many, 40 days, 40 days. And then in verse number 32, and we declare unto you glad tidings how the promise which was made to the fathers, that was Galatians 3.16, God has fulfilled the same unto us, their children, and that he has raised him from the dead. It's also written in the Psalm, the second psalm, thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. And as concerning that he raised him from the dead, now no more to return to corruption. This is what he said on this wise. I will give you the sure mercy of David. We know that's eternal life. That's the New Testament, eternal covenant. Wherefore, he said also to another son, thou shalt not suffer the Holy One to see corruption. David, after he served his generation, for by the will of God fell asleep. And was laid on his father. The Bible says, it "Was laid unto his fathers." And he saw corruption, but he whom God raised saw no corruption. Be it known to you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins, and by him all that believe are justified from all things. All that believe are made right from all things from which they could not be made righteous by the law of Moses. Beware. Here's the, new, here's the new covenant. This is the new vision that God has given unto us in Christ. Therefore, let that, let that come upon you which is spoken by the prophets. Beware. Behold, you despisers and wonders and perish, God says. I will work a work in your day, a work which you, which you shall in no wise believe. God said, I'm going to do a work so awesome in your day. A man gonna tell it to you and you're not gonna believe it it's just gonna be so awesome behold you despises and wonders Acts 13 41 I will work a work in your day or work which you shall in no wise believe though a man declared unto you and when Paul preached it to them that's what he was doing they still didn't believe it for them to tell them look you raised, you had all these bullocks, the lamb, the goats, the turtle dove, the pigeons, and yet they couldn't save your soul. They could not wash away the sins of your soul. But this man, one man. So that's why when you go back to Hebrews chapter 10, but this man, one man, once and for all, died for the sins of all mankind. One man died for the sins of all men. If you can believe it, you can receive eternal life right now. Look at this last verse. Behold, you despise the oneness in Paris. I will work a work in your day, a work which you shall in no wise believe, though a man declared unto you. When the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought that the words might be preached to them the, the next Sabbath. Watch this. Now, when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and the religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas who speaking of them persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. The next Sabbath day came almost a whole city. What did they come to do? They came together to hear the word of God, the whole city. But when the Jews saw the multitude, they were filled with envy. They spake against those things which were spoken of by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. Paul gonna say to them, this is my last word here. Then Paul in Barnabas wax bold and says, "It was necessary that the word of God should have first been spoken to you. But Jews, you seeing it, you put it from you. You rejected God's grace. You judged yourself unworthy of everlasting life. We turned to the Gentiles. Yeah, they rejected the word that came to save their soul. What about you? Are you going to reject?" God's word of salvation has been sent to you. Every head bowed, every heart opened. The Bible said Christ died for our sins and was buried, and God raised Jesus from the dead. You listen to me right now. Listen, eternal life is free, salvation is free. Don't let nobody tell you you got to do anything for salvation. God gave you his son. Salvation is a free gift. God's righteousness is free. You've heard the word I preached. Believe it. And receive your salvation. Just repeat after me, Father, I believe that Christ died for my sins and he was buried. And I know you raised him from the dead. I believe that. So now I receive my salvation. I receive the Holy Spirit and I receive your mercy. I receive your great love, Father. Thank you for making me your son. If you just prayed that prayer, thank God, call somebody, let them know I have received eternal life. My time is up, and I thank you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.